Episode number 126 of the Tartan Running Shorts podcast, hosted by Tom Bryan and myself, Kyle Gregg. So, Tom, you've been unleashed to the to the world, eh? You're, you're unleashed out of quar- the, the Quarren Dream and you're, you know, you've been floating about the, the city of, of Aberdeen, I see, eh? I'm back, yeah. I was I had a glorious exit on on Saturday to go out for a, a run. It was oh, it was great to get back in the trails. It was brilliant. it was amazing. Unleashed, eh? Tommy the Tiger's been unleashed. But you know what's funny, right? I so I had about it was like a couple of weeks of not doing much running before I came back because I was in Paris and that issue with my ribs and all that. And then I had two weeks on the treadmill. And you know what? I ran two days in a row this weekend and my legs are really domsy and i'm thinking i can only imagine it's because i've just not been out on tarmac and stuff for a couple of weeks for you know quite, part of a month do you not quite like the feeling of a good old domsy you know once uh <laughs> 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 i haven't had domsies for a while but uh but i went I, i'm the same as you i went for a wee a sort of tempo up uh what, what was it called um can't remember the hill kareni hill that's the guy Three miles up on a on a land fire track trail, three miles down, but it's quite a good runnable uh, section. And uh, ah, my quads are domsy the following day. Which I'm just recovering now. So uh, yeah, so it's a nice feeling. I do. It's nice to get a good bit of doms because you you know like something's working there. You've 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 damaged some muscle so that it can repair <laughs> itself again, yeah. eh? and be stronger and come back. Stronger, exactly. faster, and more powerful, eh? Do you know what strikes me is, because I did so much running over the summer, you know, running at home as, as everyone was, and running my usual routes and haunts all the time, really getting to know them. And what with the injury, then Paris, then quarantine, it's really about eight weeks since I've really run around here. And it just, it's amazing. Like, I'm just thinking everything's so autumnal. Suddenly, oh, I've, I've, I've developed, oh. I've, I don't know if it's just because I'm looking at it more because I've been doing a bit of, gardening this year or it genuinely is but everything's so so much orange and red and yellow it's it's amazing I, i've never really appreciated how much even just the trails near us hazelhead and countless wells how how great they are to run this time of year it's lovely well i mean you're a sandwich in between both of those forests so it's, mm. you know, it's a trail running paradise for you tom well, it's nice yeah um so anyway, it's good to be back good to be back uh out running brilliant well we're well, talking about you know trail running paradise um <clears throat> Speyside Way Ultra is still happening this weekend, hopefully. Um, yes. Unfortunately, the way the tiers are, that certain tiers aren't able, well, tier three and four <laughs> runners aren't able to, to take part. So, you know, anyone listening in that area, I'm, I'm really sorry. You know, there's, my hands are tied. Uh, it's, it's not my decision to make, but... Yeah, you take know, up with Nicola. Exactly. Take up with the, the powers that be. Um but we are, we know we're we're gonna march on and hopefully get a race uh, on the go if it allows, if you know the guidelines allow us to. And sort of uh, interest, I, how many how many runners did that in your starting start list did that affect? It was about 45, 50. Wow, blimey, that's a that is a lot of runners yeah, to knock off. Number. But you know what? I mean, people have been brilliant in terms of you know some of them have asked for refunds, some of them have asked to be deferred and. Um, and, and it's a great, it was a great kind of time to launch the Murray Way Ultra series as well, because it gave folk a, a little bit of hope and opportunity to, you know, transfer the entries on to, or defer them on to one of the other races. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been positive in that respect. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a big number and, and you know, we're, we're, 
you, you've got to spend there's a good bit of money you've got to spend to to make races happen and you know we're, we're fortunate enough it is a trail it's not on the road you're not having to close roads and you know lays um closing roads or councils and things like that you know because i was obviously going to be part of the the organized the, the the race director for the baker hughes running festival and, and that was one of the main issues was closing the roads the cost of closing roads uh just mm. for a few hours so um it's expensive know, we're, we're lucky enough that the forestry commission are on board and 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 you know we've got a permit from scottish athletics and abiding by those guidelines that have been set uh from from those guys so it's uh yeah i've still got some hair left you know um it's it's causing <laughs> there's not much to be fair <laughs> no there's not there's, there's more hair you know if you turn my face upside down folk would think uh yeah. <laughs> your eyes there you know you you'd think i look, I look like tommy <laughs> um no, i'm good i think it's great i think it's really good that you're pushing on with this i think for race the race directors are are as a running community are, are you know kudos to you all anyone who's grafting to make races happen like you are mate it's really it's really good because i know it's the easy route is like with these events the easy route is just to say okay but it's too hard we can knock it on the head so it's really good i think it's it will be very much appreciated by those who line up and who so tell us who have you got maybe we're kind of venturing already into race previews but who have you got lined up then what's the what's the current starting list looking like give us your male and female oh one two names Oh, I better get my, you know, I better get my spreadsheet out here, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, off, you know, off, off hand, um, you know, we, we, we've unfortunately had some pullouts in the race and uh, we had Robbie Simpson and Kenny Wilson were, were, were set to have a, a showdown and both of them have unfortunately pulled out due to some, some niggles that both have been having, which is a real shame. So it certainly mm. opens up the field, but um, you know, Jason Kelly, he's he's like as we mentioned, he's he's wrecked the course, he's he's all suited and booted, ready to rock and roll, ready to get a, a quick time. Um, so you know, I think my, my current favorite at the moment would be Jason Kelly for the win. Uh, and we've also mentioned our man Rico, Chris Richardson, Rico, he's also Rico. gonna be racing. Um I'm gonna put my money on Rico. Oh yeah, there you go, there you go. It's a metro. <laughs> it's the, it's, the, it's the, who needs Kipchoge Bakayle when you've got Rico versus Jason Kelly. <laughs> nice, and uh, and also you know not only those two guys running, we've also got former winner Grant Jeans as well, who's he's put down quite a quick time. So it'll be interesting to see what Ooh, sort of form he's in. And, and you know he's someone who, who 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 can pull out the bag like some some really quick times. Uh, so I'll be interested to know what what he's going to be running. Um, who else have we got? Uh, yeah, we've. I mean, female female field. Well, I mean, some. I'll, I'll just stick with the the males just now. Um, I do want to. I'm just looking at the. I've actually got the. Uh, where is it? I don't think I do actually. Hold on. No, I don't. I was just looking for the the waves and, and things like that. Cause it's got the estimated times. Billy Gibson's up there, eh? He's, oh yes! You no, know, he's he's racing. I've got a good friend of the show. Him. Fraser Gormley's there. You know, I think he'll be kicking oh, yeah. about. Jamie Pallister, I think he'll he'll certainly oh, yeah. be up there too. Um, who else have we got? We've got a few other runners. Apologies if I've missed any. Robbie Patterson's. Uh, uh, you know, he's done that. Benny Hill tree was well up there. So it's a really like you know. I've got to say, I'm I'm really you know quite quite um you know quite happy with with the sort of depth of of the of the field um it, it's, it's really good and i think yeah we'll just see see how things go i, I suppose um 
anything can happen in an ultra, anything can happen in races. So, yeah, that's that. So, uh, and, and then in terms of the female f- field, we've got Meryl Cooper, who's lining up um, as, you know, as it stands. And I think she's one of the, the kind of clear favourites too. Also, um, Nicola McDonald potentially might be running too. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, Sarah Simpson, you know, this former mm, of course, yeah. North District Half Marathon champion. So, yeah, I think it'll be quite it'll be quite an interesting play in, in the top three with the, the female side too. Um, and, yeah, and there's a, a couple of Jenny Reese Jenkins is going to be running, um, so we'll see how she gets on too. She'll be certainly well up there too. Um, so, yeah, that's my, uh, my preview. And, and Fraser Klein, uh, he's going to be doing a preview too, so stay, you know, stay, stay tuned. Get by your press and journal, folks. Uh, all you northerners here, or or you can even you can even subscribe online, eh? <laughs> yeah. So there you go. That that's my yeah. It's quite a quick. Or course. just or just follow us. Or just follow Scottish Athletics on Twitter, who will no doubt share an image of the article and save you fucking out. <laughs> you are go. a true tight Scotsman. <laughs> oh me! Excellent. Well, well, I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes. That's going to be still a uh, place for you, Tommy. Yeah. Do you know I'm 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 heading to, I'm heading to Paris next week, so this is the last weekend. I'm gonna have to be I'm gonna be packing the house. You know that's the well. The let's talk about that. Week. Tell us you're going when you're going. So that's uh yeah I'm going I'm going to Paris on the 19th of November is what it's looking like. So that's me moving. Um, I am yeah. So I'm I've I'm that's me changing changing jobs. I've been handing over a wee bit, so I will be starting remotely it's weird i'll be working from home in paris if you like um but yeah so and actually one of the things i'm having to do because i'm leaving is i'm stepping down from the the metro aberdeen committee which is quite sad so um yeah that's so tomorrow night actually it's monday as we record tomorrow is the club agm um so i will be stepping down as chair and that's seven years two years on the two years as an honorary member four years as captain one year as chair so it's quite it's quite sad to be stepping down and I'm quite I am quite frustrated because I you know me I've, I'm pretty passionate about the club and, and making things better and, and really working you know driving at new things in in the in athletics and, I, and this year is, with COVID has just been from a club perspective it's been really difficult I've written more risk assessments than I care to think about um, discussed COVID more than I care to think about and we've, we, you know, it's been really about keeping the lights on and just keeping the club moving. And and, yeah. and we've had a few, you know, we've got, we've been happy to jump onto the Keep On Running initiative from Scottish Athletics. We've got a few new members um, come in and, and we have training back up and running. So that's all good, but it's just a bit, I'm a little bit, uh, I do regret that we haven't had the chance to really, I think our training could do with an overhaul. And um, anyway, it's fine. There's some, the committee is getting quite a new, quite a change. There's a lot of new faces coming on. Um, it's a very new feeling committee, you know. I think um, one of the old boys remains on, but apart from but with me going, you kind of start to have everyone on the committee is pretty much sort of members from the last five years. So it's quite a new, a new group in the grand scheme. So that, anyway, that is what it is. I'm looking forward to to going to Paris. But do you know what I've really discovered looking at the the fixture list is there are so many races in Paris, mate. Oh, is there there? Are so many. There's a 10k at the end of November. Ah, oh. 10k. There's there's like in Paris, which is the central Paris is not actually that big. You got there's an 18 hour decimal and like departments if you like areas in Paris, and it looks ah. like each of them have got their own 10k. 
Really? Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, like it's almost like a monthly 10K and they look like pretty decent races. So that's pretty cool. There's loads of trail races kicking about even within an hour of Paris. Oh, so, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. I need to, oh, mate. And so I need to get you lined up for a trip over to to take on some uh, some trail. It's, uh, it's pretty find sweet. Me a, find me like a, a sort of 50K, 60K distance. No, I'm there. I'm all yours, Tommy. Sweet. I will find that. I'm, I, I can, I'm sure that won't be difficult. The only thing is, and it's probably because I'm not really in the in the like in the athletic scene and understanding where to look but finding a good race calendar is a nightmare you know like over here you've got the scottish athletics calendar brilliant you've got the run abc calendar it's super clear so it's easy to find when races are but i can't really come across a a calendar yet anyway so i'm going over next week i'm you're right i find that difficult but what i find is um uh not ultra sign up but there's some really good ultra running like fixture lists just for ultras um but some of the other ones they're like just bespoke to ultra distances um but yeah it's okay. quite difficult to find them you'd think there'd just be one massive google type fixture list that you could just you know put every, so. every single race in and you could just filter it by exactly what you want in terms of the the date the location yeah the the, 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 the discipline of of running the distance Needs must, eh? There's not maybe that's something we can TRS can do, eh? Exactly. So I'll find it, but there's anyway already. There's I'm, I'm quite excited to find it to just to try some new races and stuff. Um, I haven't, I'm going to be moving into like a, a sort of work, like a either I'm at work apartment or hotel for for a while until we get some accommodation sorted out. Um, so yeah, no, it's an exciting. So the I'm, I think I'll probably be TRSing from Aberdeen next week, will be the last week, and then as of pretty much as we move. so Exciting times. It's exciting. We'll have to have a couple more beers on Monday, eh? Absolutely, yeah. I'll absolutely. be having heaps of uh, this race goes goes ahead, eh? Of course, yeah. Yeah, I'll be celebrating on TRS. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Well, I look for actually. So next week is going to be the big, uh, the big Speyside Way uh, results show. Maybe it you is, could, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah, it'd be great. I mean, we'll see if we get any. Uh, if any, there's you can. You're going to be up to your eyes, so you're, there's not going to be any opportunity for you to do any coverage. But if any listeners are running, feel free to send us some photos. Oh, Ali Sutherland's running, eh? Oh, nice. Yeah. He should be uh, get getting. You know, I don't know if he's doing a streak or anything, but he's certainly <laughs> he, he's lining up for the race. So he's he's fortunate enough to be in a one one of the the tiers that were uh, allowed to to run in. So um, so that's good. good. So yeah, I mean, well, I mean, talking about racing, talking about you know folk who've who've been getting racing in uh, in, in in terms of this year, Jake Whiteman, absolute fantastic year he ha- he's had. He doesn't need any introduction. So um, we've I I was fortunate enough to speak to him uh, about three four weeks ago, and I'm really really excited to you know give give you Jake Whiteman. So without further ado, folks, here is. The one, the only, Jake Whiteman. Okay, so I'm delighted to have on the show Jake Whiteman. So welcome to Time Running Shorts, Jake. Great to have me on. Cheers. It's good to be here. Oh, it's well. I, I think I caught you at the great, the, the best time. You know, you just finished a session, um, and uh, you know you're in your your hoodie now and. Hopefully you're not starving after your session, but uh, yeah. So, so how how are you getting on? You've had an absolutely awesome season this year. It's been great. Yeah, 
No, yeah, it was it was all right. It's it came to a like abrupt end. It felt because we hardly had like more than two months of racing. But I had three weeks off at the end, went on holiday, and yeah, came back and then tested positive for Corona literally the day after I got back. So I've had a bit of a delayed start to winter training, but starting running again this week and it's going to build into it gradually. But I, I needed time off because even though we didn't race for that long, the build up was as long as it would be any other points so yeah i'm glad i had some time off for that oh man i mean you know i'm not i'm not going to say in shock that you've got corona because you've already told me but uh... <laughs> yeah no you can play out for it it's not that it's not as bad as it could have been so if i could i've sent you before if i could choose any time to have got it then it's the perfect time for me i can go into winter yeah licking anything yeah. i want licking the gym bars <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no, hopefully i've got some sort of uh, immunity, immunity yeah 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 i think there's you know there's very rare that you you can get you can get it twice at the moment anyway obviously the more more research but uh, yeah touch wood i don't want to jinx myself with that but yeah i know you could be you could be the you know the the oddball and the, the bunch <laughs> yeah yeah no well yeah hopefully it means that i'm gonna have a pretty corona free rest of the the year and next year so yeah, yeah. well let, i mean you know we, we haven't even you know I, I, all the listeners no doubt unless again i always say that the, the, if they don't know who you are they've been hiding under a, a very nah, big there's no yeah. they can <laughs> so, yeah. so well, yeah i mean you know rather than me tell tell folk who, who you are just give us a you know tell us how you got into running and like yeah you know we'll start chatting about your recent successes so yeah what was the, the kind of early doors start for for jake yeah um like so i I was born into a running family so uh both my mum and dad were like international math runners so my dad who people have probably heard of was chief exec at scottish athletics and then he's my coach and he does announcing but he was also a 213 marathon runner yeah yeah. um so he went uh commies and europeans in like was it 1990 and 1991 and then my mum was a marathon running she went to Seoul Olympics so I was kind of born into it like I didn't really have a choice um <laughs> I think I did my first race when I was eight or nine years old right, uh, okay. in primary school uh-huh. and then we moved up to Edinburgh when I was 10 okay. um it was actually Linlithgow we moved up to so that was my first athletics club when I was 10 years old we joined Linlithgow right. yeah and then after two years I think I moved over to Edinburgh we moved into the city so I've been with them since um and yeah, I played loads of other sports. I didn't just run. Like my parents were big on that. They were never like, oh, uh, focus on running because that's what you're going to be good at. It was kind of like, well, you're going to be good at that. So you'll probably end up choosing that as your sport going yeah. forward. So just try and enjoy being sociable, playing football, like playing rugby, doing other stuff around it. So naturally I just progressed. But I was a tiny little kid. Right. Like, there's photos <laughs> when I was racing at like, East District Leagues. Yeah. Um, and I'm an absolute pube. Like until the age of 15, I looked like I was probably about 12 or 13. And then grow, growth does wonders to a little boy. Oh, so yes. yeah, I ended up coming through a little bit better, which I'm glad that finally happened. Look at you now, eh? I mean, you know, that's I'm still yeah. a little boy, but I'm, I'm at least I'm taller, but I'm still skinny. So yeah, <laughs> one day I'll have to bulk out, I'm sure, not oh, by my choice. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, you're you're also a twin, aren't you? Yeah. So my, my twin brother Sam, he he won Scottish schools. Um, Oh, did Steeplechase and pentathlon, but both of them, he won't let me saying that both of them, he was first out of, out of two people. <laughs> but he was still like, if there'd have been more in them, those events, yeah. he would have done well. But my, yeah. my one thing growing up was I couldn't lose to my brother. Like, that was the worst thing for me was the, <laughs> the idea of losing to him was like something I'd have nightmares about. So oh, that I'm kind sure. of gave me that competitive edge. Is that why you chose the, the pentathlon in the, the steeple? 
So even uh, yeah, I think I think my dad was always keen to try and keep him in it, so I almost bullied him into doing other <laughs> events that he could be good at. So yeah, I wasn't I was never going to do those events against him because they were for him, and then I had my stuff. So yeah, it's a random sport, and he. he that's a random that's combination, uh, pentathlon. So was he like a, you know, did he did he have prowess in some of the anaerobic type sports? You know. Yeah, well, he's like he he's, was faster than me. Like his, yeah, his yeah. top of the speed was good, and then both of us are pretty lucky that we're pretty like elastic, so we we huh? could do decent long jumps and high jumps. So yeah. the only thing that he struggled with was a shot putt, which <laughs> just he looked like me, just tiny and like scrawny. So we we were awful. I think he logged like two meters or something <laughs> like that. Um, but it was still enough for him to to win Scottish schools fantastic. So it was good. Like, yeah, I'm I'm now the only one in my family that hasn't run a marathon. So both my brother and sister have gone on to do London uh, oh, wow. okay. uh, the last few years. So like, they still kept running and they they still like keep fit. And if he wanted to get back into athletics, I'm sure he could run a pretty quick eight. So yeah, yeah. Are you? Uh, but I hear he's um, you know, I hear he's one of the mascots. Is he? Is he? Do you mascot? Yeah, like that. Yeah, so he was. There's a big blue bear called Brit Bear. That, uh, <laughs> Dad got him the gig where it was that like 100 pound a day when it first came out, and he was a student, so he could have done with that cash. And <laughs> oh, I think nice. he did it for two or three years. So there's funny occasions where, like, uh, at the end of it was either like British Champs or like anniversary games, he'd be there on the track at the end of my race. Yeah. I'd go up to him and just be having like a normal conversation <laughs> with him. And it was like, this guy's mental. Like, he's chatting with his big blue mascot. <laughs> he's his mate. Like, what's wrong with him? Um, but it was like the only chance in the year. I didn't see my brother much, so it was a chance for a yeah. catch up while he's in this suit as his bear, just having <laughs> like a deep conversation. Oh, like, how, how's stuff going? It's like, oh, yeah, they're all right. Yeah. He, you never he, like, try, he like, like, you know, jump on him and bully him and stuff like that, you know? Like, nah, nah, I, I was nice to him. It was the little kids. So he used to say that little kids would come up and uh, they see this big blue bear and they start hitting him. And if they were going a bit aggressive, he said he'd grab their arm and just squeeze a little bit too tight to let them know there's someone in there that doesn't enjoy what they're doing. So, yeah, I think he enjoyed it. I think it, the money was good for him at the time. Oh, wow. Well, let's say, uh, you know, while we're on the subject of, of you know, your family, I mean, you, you, your, your, your mum, Susan, was, you said yeah. she was a 231, which is incredible. And also she was the first um, female to run under 70 minutes until... Yeah, yeah, she was. Forward, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so she did it at Great North Run. Um, I don't know what year it would have been. It would have been late '80s or like the start of the '90s. Um, it's funny because I, I didn't really realise it, and then there was one year where we were watching uh, Great North Run, and I think Joe Pavey came. Like, I don't think she won it, but she was like top three. And my mum started crying, and I was like, "What? Like, what? Why are you crying at this?" And she was like, "Oh, like it makes me emotional because I remember how hard it was when I ran Great North." And then she was like, oh, "I was the first one under 70, and that was oh, wow. the first time I realised she'd done it." Yeah. But my auntie was, so my mum's a twin as well, and her yeah. sister Angela um, probably had a bit of a better calibre on the track and the cross. So right. she, she medalled at commies, and then I think she medalled at World Cross one year as well. So she was probably the better out of the two yeah. over the yeah. short stuff, and my mum moved up to Marathon where she stayed down. Yeah. At the short stuff. I mean, geez, that's, that's an incredible, you know, uh, you know, family for in terms of distance running, you know, like you need to. You know, your, your, your family to sell some of those, uh, that DNA to, to some folk. You know, <laughs> like studs, we could set up a stud farm. Oh, uh, that, that's yeah, that's it. <laughs> Take me, yeah. I'll, I'll, be, I'll be queuing up, you know. <laughs> no, I think um, it's definitely like a blessing and a curse for most families. I think if you spoke to Ailish about yeah. how she felt about it, like she's got 
a mum that did a lot more than my parents did and a dad that was probably as good as my parents. So, yeah, Peter, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I think there's probably like a little bit of pressure to, yeah. to perform because people know the name. I, I didn't have that so much because my parents weren't as well known, uh, as well known. but yeah, it's, it's also like you get the, you never feel like you're going to be overcooked as a kid or pushed too much because they understand what you need to be, be successful in your way through the sport. So yeah. I think a lot of people definitely benefit from that, but I knew um, Steve Cram's son coming through school because he was in Edinburgh as well. All right, and okay. He had Cram's surname. And for him, I feel like that's a big name to have. Yeah. Um, and he didn't end up running when he was older. And I don't know if that played a part in it because okay. you're always going to have pretty big uh, boots to fill if you're getting compared to Steve Cram. Yeah, definitely. Jeez. Yeah. That, well, I mean, you got any running running in your family then? Oh, no, no. My mum my mom definitely doesn't run that. Sure. <laughs> How did you pick it up in the first place then? I think, uh, you know, I think I'm one of those, um, yeah, I, I don't, like, I mean, my wife, she's a triathlete, so I think there's there's hope for Logan, my, my son, like, you know, he's uh, yeah. got the distance, um, and, and, you know, he could be a cyclist, he could be either anything, he could either just be a distance runner, he could be a triathlete, he could be a swimmer, uh, or he might be a cyclist, I, I don't know, so. He's definitely got a good set of lungs, I mean, he's, he, he's Screaming, yeah, not as much. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm sure it'll do something good. Oh, I, yeah, I hope so. Um, but yeah, I mean, so you, so obviously, yeah, you know, as you were growing up, um, and it was, was your dad and was your mum and dad still competing, like you know, as as you were, they would have kind of been reaching the end end of the career yeah. in terms of, yeah, um, yeah, no, so they probably retired then. I think 91, 92, and yeah. then my brother born in 94. So right, okay. they were done. But dad still worked in sport. And my mum, they, they still both ran every day. So we, we knew what like running was like. And they used to take us to everything. So like we'd watch all the Crystal Palace events. Like when my when dad was up in Scotland, we'd always go to, well, we worked at them when we were real young doing like, being like runners at that Falkirk Cup. I don't know if you remember that and Bank of Scotland Cup, stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. We went to watch World Champs in 2003. Yeah. That was our family yeah. holiday, so it's like it's so sad, isn't it? Like literally, it revolved around athletics when we were wow. kids, but we loved it because of that. So I think but, it definitely helped me appreciate the sport, and yeah. I'm a fan of the sport still because of all that. So yeah. I'll be I'll be within athletics if I'm working in it or just as a fan. That's amazing. Until I'm done. Yeah, yeah. So it's What's it like helped. to hear your dad on the on the tannoy in a massive stadium? Yeah, it's cool. I, I kind of drown it out now because I've heard his voice so much. <laughs> it, it goes like he's done his announcing at so many things since yeah. I was young. So he used to do our school sports days. He did all the like, he'd always do uh, National Cross at Panda Park yeah. um, for a long time. So I'm so used to having him. But I'm fortunate now that I've had so many rubbish runs while he's been announcing, um, especially <laughs> when I got bigger races that finally I'm starting to be able to have good races and he can actually mention my name oh, whereas yeah. I'd come off the back and he'd be like oh how did you do even though he was announcing on it he's literally watching the front so he couldn't even see me so yeah what? it's good I, I know that he's always there and always got one of the best seats in the house so yeah I'm lucky to have that, to be fair, that so cool. yeah that, that definitely you know must hopefully give you a little bit of an edge when it comes to right, my dad's commentating in my race yeah, yeah. Wow, that, it wow. helps with um with heats because if you're in a later heat uh-huh. He, he maybe would drop a drop a time in to let you know what you need to run, but I don't <laughs> yeah. think he does, and that's not fair if he does that. But yeah, that's one maybe advantage of it. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. 
So, yeah, so, I mean, you know, as, as you grew up, you know, you ran, you know, for Linlithgow and then you, um, you know, in Edinburgh, you, you then joined, is it Edinburgh AC as a as a Yeah, team? so that was probably when I was, I, I think, 13, maybe. I've been yeah. with Edinburgh since then. Yeah, okay. And, yeah, you know, yeah. during that time, we had uh, Chris O'Hare on and, you know, we are chatting about his development, you know, within within Edinburgh AC and you had some, some so many top, top runners. Uh, yeah, yeah. Back, back when you were running and also, you know, current too. Um, so kind of just talk us through, like, being being a member of Edinburgh AC and, you know, the, the kind of club and the, the group training set up for you. Yeah, so I've always been, I was coached by my mum actually to start with when I first uh, started training properly. And then my dad took over probably when I was 14. Okay. But he was always big about making it a social element. So we'd go down to Meadowbank uh, every Tuesday yeah. Um, and started by joined in with there's a coach called Eric Fisher um, I don't know if you've heard of but he does a lot of the young athletes and I think every single guy from Edinburgh so like Chris and Josh would have gone through Eric before going to that they went to a guy called Dave Campbell that Chris would have spoken about oh yeah, uh, yeah. and I remember when, when I was down training with Eric you'd see his group and it would be uh, there'd be Chris there'd be do you remember Ross Matteson yeah, uh, yeah Ross yeah there was Josh uh, and his brother Jake who was running well at the time yeah. And they'd be hammering it. And they were kind of like the, definitely the most professional group that you'd see training down there at that time. Yeah. And it was like everybody had done something. Um, and then Chris went away. Josh started coming through. Ross got better. Yeah. Chris would always come back in uh, in the summer and it would be like, Christ, this, this guy's like winning NCAA titles. And I was probably just gone out of under-17s, maybe having done nothing. So he was a big inspiration to see him training around there. Um, but it was like, you, you see like Lindsay running around there on a Tuesday night. It was definitely like a who's who of, of Scottish oh, athletics. Right. It was close. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I eventually, we moved up. Oh, not, I don't say moved up because like, Eric was class still, but I went to train with John Lees' group um, oh, yeah. for a little bit after that and then saw a few other athletes within that and just that learned me kind of how to be a little bit more professional mm-hmm. within my training. So it was like Emily Dudgeon was in that. Um, yeah. There was a guy, Peter Loudon, who was good coming through when we were younger. So... Yeah, it was it was a class place to be. I'm sure like Aberdeen was the same, but that club setup like it's so enjoyable more than anything that you never feel like you you don't enjoy training because of it. Even yeah. though it was grim, like it was bleak, and like the floodlights were like one bulb in each corner. <laughs> Jeez, eh? I mean, it must be you know like you know back in the Meadowbank when it was all you know when it was all brand new and you know some amazing performances in there you know yeah. coming up games and things but now you're like yeah the history of the place is mad isn't it I like <laughs> it's sad it's sad that it's it's not in use at the moment but i hope that it'll come back for the better oh, um so, yeah. i'm fortunate that i'm not reliant on it because i don't live up in edinburgh anymore but right. it's, it's kind of like gutting for the club that they've got to spread themselves out and not get that same atmosphere because yeah. of it yeah. and do you think like you know that group that you're running with so every kind of tuesday would you all you would all be running the same sessions or, you know, within the the ability that you guys were in. So, you, you know, you were training for the 1500s, 800s. Yeah. Um, were you all running together? And do you think that, how do you think that helped your development as a, as a runner? Yeah, it helped me. It le- helped me learn how to train with people because yeah. there's two different skills. Like one, it's a skill in its own, being able to train on your own and be self-motivate yourself and get the best at yourself just with no one else around. If, yeah. if, like just a coach. Yeah. Um, and it's another skill being able to learn to train with a group and work off other people um, and that was kind of the thing that I got from Eric's group like Eric had so many athletes and a lot of the guys who I'm still mates with now uh, back from then it was like my friends at the club at the time 
Nice. So I used to love going down to that. And there was a point where I started uh, kind of like running away from the sessions a little bit. Um, okay. Where it came to the point where I needed to find other guys to train with that just pushed me on a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so I was constantly looking for for more people to drag me through, and it was learning from from how people run those sessions. So I think myself, like a lot of other young athletes, you end up going out too quick and just dying towards the end of sessions. Yeah. Um, so I was training with older guys that taught me not to do that, and I was a little bit more respectful of how they trained. So yeah. that's important to learn how to how to kind of transition from a kid into an adult. Um, and I definitely learned that at Meadowbank growing up. Yeah. And what, what, when, you know, when that, that transition happened, what, what you were, in terms of sessions, not sessions, races, where, where were you roughly in the national stage? You were, you were definitely oh, so, well known there, but, you know, you weren't... No, nah, not, not for a long time. So yeah. uh, my biggest success probably uh, up until junior level would have been, I think I was fourth under 15 national cross one year. Okay. Um, and I'd be regularly making like Scottish schools finals and age group finals on the track. And that's probably one thing that I think when I've been asked before about why I think Scottish athletics is doing so well at the moment, it's definitely like for me, I was still able to make Scottish schools teams and yeah. Scottish teams now and then, even uh-huh. though I wasn't running that quick at all. Um, whereas if I'd been down in England, the depth would have swallowed me up and the, like, yeah. the amount of demotivation I'd have felt from that probably would have put me out of the sport almost. So yeah. it definitely was, was motivating being in Scotland because I could have some success, even though I, I wasn't training that much. I wasn't that developed. Um, yeah. The tables kind of turned for me when I did grow at 15, uh, six, like probably 16 even. Yeah. And when I went into juniors, I started getting a bit of confidence in how I was training, how I was racing. And I was able to start winning stuff like the school stuff. Yeah. Um, ended up going down to like BMCs and was able to run pretty well at them. So that's definitely when it kicked on. That's great. That's great. And I think as well, you know, it's, it appears, uh, you know, what you said about having it's almost opportunities for 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 that that kind of age group is yeah um the scottish athletics and what i see anyways there, there appears to be far more opportunities to to really you know go and race and, and to get a get a district vest or yeah, a national vest or you know yeah. in, in there's different disciplines too of, of go, getting those vests and, and opportunities and it's even like the um, like the Young Athletes League that would yeah. be going on. It's like the quality of racing was perfect for me. Like I, I could, I probably never even won one, but I was up yeah. there being competitive in them. Um, yeah. It's same with like Neil Gurley, like he was doing exactly the same thing. Mm. I think both of us would have been finishing about fourth or fifth in those Young Athletes League races. But for me, that was enough to like be motivated yeah. and want to keep going. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And so, so once you, you know, once you were in that age, you, you went to uni, uh, Loughborough. That, yeah, so yeah, that's uh, I was always set on going uh, to Loughborough just because the history of the place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like George Gandhi, who sadly passed away the end of last week, uh, right. who was the coach there for fifty years. Like he, he was a big reason to go just because of the setup he'd created. Wow, wow, and like that, you know, that's legendary. That that setup, you know, if anywhere anyone says right, where would you go if you're going to the UK um, for for athletics? It would be Loughborough. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't really know of many other places I wanted to go, or I didn't really know of any other places for running at the time because I was so set on going there. So yeah, I just had to get my grades, and then that was me. Yeah. What did you study at Loughborough then? I did business, so it was with a placement year as well. So my third year of uni, everyone on my course had to go on placement. So I was sponsored by Nike at the time, so they took me on placement for a year, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I was lucky. I was lucky. Yes. That's some placement. I was about to make a joke that did you get a, 
uh, uh, face it with Nike and you did? <laughs> yeah, no, I did. I did. So like they, yeah. they literally, they said I had to go in. Oh, well, they let me go in three days a week. Uh, and then it was up until the track season started. And there was a lot. They let me go on camp to like Kenya and stuff like that while I was working there. So I was lucky to have that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, God. So like, yeah. I mean, where were you based then? Uh, for that placement, I was Teddington, where I now live. So yeah. that was the best yeah. thing about it was it gave me the chance to re- like sort myself out here and realise that this is where I wanted to base myself after uni. So, yeah, it, it was cool. It was definitely like an experience. I lived in, uh, there was a London Marathon house uh, down here. So yeah. okay. my house was, uh, it was like me, Andy Vernon, Beth Potter, Charlie Grice, Adele yeah. Tracy, uh, Richard Goodman, Ross Murray. Like It was class to live around those guys. Jeez. That's yeah, uh, I mean that that in itself will just want want to make you quick, yeah. Just having all the yeah. Well, I, I was the worst one there, so I felt like I had to <laughs> prove myself to be able to be in that house in the first place. So, yeah. Were they like shoving you out the door? Like get get out the door. Start get get training. Uh, so I ran with before I went to work because um, I'd come from uni where you've got so much time to be able to get up and do your runs. Yeah. Whenever you need to, so. Getting into work for nine meant I had to run at like 6 a.m. And Beth was doing the same before she was teaching. So right. she'd drag me out the door at 6 a.m. And yeah. it'd be brutal. Like <laughs> it was just bleak cold and I didn't enjoy them at all. But at least uh, I wasn't on my own. Oh, geez. That's uh, oh, that, that's brutal. But I mean, you know, that's... That's, a, yeah, like, that's real life though, isn't it? it I, is. I'm lucky now I don't have to do that. But I'm sure yeah. like yourself and a lot of people end up having to do to do uh, that. That's reality, isn't it? I, I say that. I, I, at the moment, I'm doing... Near, you know, I feel I feel bad speaking to you. you know, I've just had uh, you know been eating all the all the food trying to recover from this treadmill challenge, and I keep yeah, I keep milking that's it. You know, doing it. Yeah, it's good, though, eh? <laughs> exactly. I keep milking it. It was like six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, you just have a few more weeks, I'm sure, and then oh, it'll be time to exactly, down a bit. Yeah. So, like you know, at Loughborough, you know, you had an amazing group, and and you know you you were training with, and, and the guys in who you were living with was that your kind of main training group, or was it like uh, you know, obviously, many other runners who, who yeah. jumped in the session. Uh, so, yeah. So, I, I was always coached by my dad through uni. And yeah. uh, he was pretty good in my first year. He let me um, jump in with a lot more stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I was doing, probably up until Christmas, I was doing uh, my winter sessions with Gandhi's group. Um, yeah. Gym with him, drills with him, circuits with him. And my best mates now are all from uh my time doing athletics at Loughborough so yeah okay. yeah I, I was fortunate that the guys I ended up living with uh for the rest of my time at uni were all runners and like yeah I, I became so close to them so it was never a question of being led astray or anything like that yeah um like we I still enjoyed my time at uni like my first year I definitely went out a lot more than I should have um yeah. but yeah. I think any young athlete you need that because yeah if you don't do that you'll end up burning out at one point and just going mad when it's probably a little bit too late to be doing that so yeah, I, I definitely had a good time when it when it mattered and learned how to train hard more than anything, to be fair. Yeah, and the, your longevity in the sport as well. I mean, how old are you now, Jake? Yeah. I'm the old age of 26, oh, getting yeah. on now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're, yeah. You're, you're not even near, anywhere near your peak yet. And, you know, you've been... <laughs> I, I hope not. Yeah, I, hope, <laughs> I feel like I've been in this sport a long time, but well, yeah, have. I hope I've the best of yeah, yeah. Under 20 years if, if you know you started when you're like kind of six and eight, eight years old and that's yeah like, yeah it's a long time isn't it? and and you know that that kind of takes us on quite nicely to to start you know you, you started really coming on um a, a few years ago you know like 20 20 sort of 14 2015 uh you, know, you had your the european junior championships and uh 
2013. So yeah, that would have been your first kind of major title. Um, if yeah, you, yeah. So kind of talk us through that and you know how that felt as a you know a, a, as a, as a big step for you, no doubt. Yeah. So that was my first year uni where I remember saying to people I was living with. Uh, like I was worried about not being in my first year because I felt like I had probably enjoyed myself a little bit too much and I trained hard, but I was still getting battered by a lot of people in the sessions I was doing. So I didn't really know how well I was running. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to be able to come away from that first year of uni and win Euro Juniors at the time, which was the biggest thing I could have won, um, was a big thing for me. Um, like to be able to have a title, which is the only, it's actually the only like title I've won Um since like I've medaled in stuff, but I've not won a champ. So yeah, it, it was it was a big deal and yeah. uh, kind of set the set the pathway for the next few years to know that I could go on and hopefully transition into a decent enough senior. Which uh, like the next year, I was lucky enough to run uh, three thirty five, which was a massive jump for me up in uh, Hamden uh, before the Commonwealth Games. So yeah, that that was definitely was was Euro Juniors that helped me. Uh, know that I could transition to be able to run those sort of times. So you'd have been like what 20 years old when you ran 335? Uh yeah it was it was the day after my 20th birthday uh when I did that yeah. Did you get mistaken but that guy's not an under you know under 23 he's uh baby face yeah yeah, it it was mad because I kind of I kind of knew that I could run something quick like a 337 because I'd run 340 that year and won the races. Um 335 was quicker than I should have run. So Amazing. there was kind of a lot of bad things that came from that because it puts you a bit more expectation on yeah. a young athlete who wasn't really running regularly. those sort of times regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually had a pretty bad year the year after from yeah. the standards of that year. Um, yeah. But I probably was at that sort of level and I just didn't, I didn't sort of have that 335, but my average came came down. But on the whole, that season was pretty disappointing in 2015 for me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't break 340, I don't think. Okay. Um, so... Yeah, the expectation was definitely a lot higher for that. Right. Well, let's move on to, let's get rid of that year then. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move on quick, eh? Move on quickly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, you're in, in, during this time you've, you're at university uh, and you're studying, mm-hmm. was that like, yeah. was, it, was that kind of part-time? Was it like blended, was it, what do you call it, not blended learning, but, you know, were you, yeah. you of, uh, flexibility with, with your training too then, I think? Nah, nah. So one one thing I always said that my dad said from the start was that never let my training affect my my studying, and I never let my studying affect my training. Okay. Um, so I had the option in my final year to split my year, which meant I'd do half the modules one year, which was Olympic year, um, and then the next year finish it off. But I took the decision to just get my uni finished as quick as possible. So yeah, I, I did my my full studies in final year of uni while trying to qualify for the Olympics wow. uh, and my final exams, which. That's like probably one of my only regrets from uni is that maybe I should have in hindsight um, changed that. Yeah. Um, but I got my 2-1, which is what I wanted. Um, yeah, I used to go to Rio. Um, but like I developed proper good work ethic because of it. Um, yeah. I was able to study when I needed to and I was able to train when I needed to. It just meant I had to be flexible around both. Like sometimes I'd have to train early or train late. And sometimes I'd have to, yeah, like choose different modules because that I didn't necessarily enjoy because it didn't fit in around training. So yeah, yeah, I'd say that to, to a lot of student athletes, you don't have to compromise necessarily. You just have to work around it. Like it's good for you to, to get that work-life uh, balance. Yeah. Around. It. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's uh, it's really good to hear that because you know, you're, you still, 
I suppose if you get injured and or something happens, God forsake, yeah, yeah. nothing does. But to to do what you've done is really really good, and and to to still hold that that high level of performance too is is amazing. And you must must find a, a lot of benefits from that too. So yeah, well done. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah. So you you know moving on, you're you know 2017, 2016. You you ran the European Championships, so you were. Yeah. Seventh in that, I take seventh. So how was was that? How did that go? Were you happy enough with that result, or was that ah? Uh, that that was frustrating for me because it was that same year where I didn't manage to run a standard for um, Rio. So I went to that uh, knowing that like there was no real chance I could go, but I didn't know whether if I'd have won Europeans, there maybe would have been some way of like going to Rio. I doubt it still. Um, yeah, okay. So my aim was to try and medal there if I could have. Because uh, the standard was good still, but Brit-wise, I was lucky to go because the people going to Olympics didn't want to go to Europeans, so right. I went um, and I won my heat. Uh, so going into the final, I was like, "Christ, I I've beaten some good guys in my heat there. Yeah, uh, I, I can try and win this." So I kicked so hard with 400 to go, uh, uh-huh. and was leading into the home straight, and then just got swallowed up to finish seventh. Uh-huh. So yeah, that that was a big lesson to learn. I learned that I, I well, I can't do that. And I like, didn't do it again after. So yeah. it kind of taught me how to race and what my strengths were from it. So, yeah, yeah I'm kind of glad I got pummeled in that final a little bit. <laughs> so, well, yeah, okay. Well, let, and then, you know, your your next year then, 2018, uh, looking on paper, you know, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but 2018 was a big year for you. Um, yeah, you that was my, my best year to date, I would say, even from like 2019 and 2020 um i got my medals that are the only ones i've got as a senior so yeah it was class like that, that everything kind of clicked that year um yeah. and i didn't really have any setbacks that stopped me from running my best so yeah it was good yeah i mean you you know you're bronze at the european championships uh a bronze at the commonwealth games uh, the 1500 there that would have been special that that one was, oh, it? That was that, that, that's my best one for sure yeah. like I think we don't get to run for Scotland very often. Um, and the, honestly, the way we were looked after around that was class. Like Mark Pollard, Mike Johnson, um, like they were so good while we were out there. So yeah. Pollard paced every single session I did, I did in the three weeks build up on the bike. And I had, I was going to say, three weeks. Yeah, first country champion, but he, boy, oh boy, he'd have been knackered even on the bike. Oh, he, he was he was running with us every day as well, so he'd be like he'd be Good pacing guy. people's sessions on foot, and then still yeah. be doing mine on the bike, and then long running with us. But I probably had the best training I've ever had because of that. So wow, he really like I I don't know how much you've come across Pollard, but yeah, I know it, it's like yeah, yeah. that the the like willingness to like help in every way possible, but also. The words he gives you to build you up, like he kept saying to me, like you're gonna have like a, a proper good like commies at this rate, like the way you're going. And he kept saying, like Hayes in the barn, like chill out. You're gonna have like a good Commonwealth. So I went into those games dead set that I was gonna come away with a medal. Um, and it was like after the 800, I came fourth, and I was like proper wound up by it because I felt that like that was my chance to get a medal. Uh-huh. Um, so I got, I asked, I said to Pollard, I was like, oh, will you warm down with me? And he did. And I just literally vented to him. He, all he kept saying was like, you've got the 15 to come. Like, that's a better chance. So, yeah, yeah he, he was he was so good. I didn't realise. I didn't realise he did it in 15. Um, you know, it's yeah. obviously watched all, but it's two years for me is a long time, long time ago. Me as well, mate. Yeah, it's a long uh, time. But that's, uh, 
you know, that would have been quite hard too. You know, going into the heats for the eight and then the heats for the fifteen was um, you need quite a lot of uh, you know a lot of endurance there and a lot of you know quick recovery too. So um, I think yeah, the bit that gets you, which at any champs like if you if you're doing more than two races, you realise is the warm up. Mm. It's going and doing the same routine over and over again. Yeah. Um, it gets so repetitive. So I did that five times in the end over the space yeah. of six days, which was just mad. Like I just got fed up with it after a while. So I just believed <laughs> to be done. I tell you what, though, there's a there's a picture with your uh, your wee your, you know your wee Jimmy hat on. Yeah, yeah. I see that kicking about quite a lot. Yeah, yeah it's funny. I think my brother got them for two pound off eBay or something <laughs> like that. Like it probably itched my head for about a week after. Oh, nice, yeah. nice. That was nice. They all got to go out there, um, which was cool because I think for them, like they went to every single session I did, so they were sick of it probably by the end. So oh, to be right. able to have a medal and be able to go and see them on a lap of honour at the end was something that's pretty special for me. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, to, to get that bronze was, 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 was amazing and it must have given you a lot of, a lot of um, you know, hope for the future in your career too. And, um, and, and like, you know, in terms of that, there's a big, that was a big jump, no doubt, and you know, your best year was, was there anything different that you did or in, in the run-up to that, that race or do you think it was that the just, the whole, you know, years and years of build-up. Um, yeah. what, what do you think the main reason for yeah. that? So I'd say like 100% the, the biggest thing for any athlete is the consistency year yeah. on year. Yeah. Um, so I hadn't had a big injury my whole my whole running career up to that. And every year I'd just been getting both training-wise and uh, racing-wise, just been building. So yeah. Each year, my mileage was slightly slightly increased. I'd introduced different things in my week, like an extra gym session, like an extra drill session. Yeah. Um, and then it's like the confidence from the year before of racing, knowing that I ran this well last year. My training's gone better up until that. Therefore, I'm, I should race better this year. Um, and the better you run, the more confidence you get. So like throughout the season, it builds. But that that was like that. That's all I'd say. Like in any sport, that that's probably the key to it. So there, there's no secrets. It's just been being sensible and doing everything you can to keep yourself in one piece to be able to benefit from that. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And like, you know, talk us through like a, you know, a typical week in Jake Whiteman's life, you know, uh, <laughs> other than your, you, you know, your trip away in Poland. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, what's, what's it like? Would, would you want training wise or just generally? Uh, you know, let, let's go for training here. Eh? Let's, uh, yeah, but you can include some general stuff in there if, if you fancy. But think, yeah, yeah, so we'll start with, I'm, um, I'm fortunate enough that since uh, since I left uni, I've not needed to work around my running because yeah. I've been lucky enough to call it my job. So bear in mind, I've got a lot of time to be able to fit in uh, fit in training and like the stuff around it. So yeah, if like if I went through my winter week, uh, my Mondays I steady run in the morning, like probably seven or eight miles. And the one thing that, like I was saying again, with my training developing, is my my pace of running has picked up each year. Yeah. Um, so I probably steady run at about uh, between like 5.30 and 5.45 maybe, okay. uh -huh. um, depending on how I'm feeling. So that'll be my steady run pace. So yeah. I do that on a Monday and that's a pretty staple for me. Yeah. And then for a few years, we've done yoga on Monday nights, which I hated to the start because like, I was shocking and I still am, but I've kind of learned to like it a little bit now. Nice, nice. Um, and then, yeah, Tuesdays, we always do our session days, Tuesday, Saturday. So that'll be... In winter, it's like a hill session on a Tuesday, uh, and then we'll do a lifting session uh, like on the Tuesday night, 
Wednesday's like double run day and another little gym session, which is like pre-abbey, so not quite as intense. Thursday, like steady running and uh, drill and speed session. Friday, like another uh, steady or easy run. Saturday would be like a long grass session in gym. And then Sunday would be like a long run and something recovery-wise in the evening, like a swim or a bike. So there's no, there's no real secrets to it. It'd be like 70 miles would be probably my max I hit in the winter. Um, but my big thing is I try and just do as little in between my sessions as possible. So I try and nap most days. Yeah. Try and stay off my feet, so I like I'm bad for driving. I'll literally drive everywhere, even if it's like <laughs> half a mile. I hate using my legs otherwise, so it's just an excuse to be lazy. Um, but I try and like I, I live sort of the highest quality life and the best life for my running I can yeah. throughout the season to be able to then have my three weeks off at the end of the year where I can live the worst quality life I can yeah. by eating as much crap as possible, like drinking yeah. uh, the yeah. stuff I've been able to drink during the season and yeah. like just getting it all out of my system, really. So yeah. I'd say I'm, I'm pretty well behaved all throughout the year um, yeah. because of that. Yeah, yeah. And and that's, you know, that, that's really impressive. Uh, you know, there's a lot of variation because, you know, folk will be like, 70 miles doesn't sound, or in fact, it probably does sound a lot for a 1,500-meter runner, but that 70 miles, all the things around that volume that you do, like, you know, your, your, yeah. your yoga, your drills you do, your warm-ups, your yeah. cool-downs, like, the, you know, talk, like, in terms of when you're doing a session, your warm up must be quite. And I, I know for shorter distances, it's it tends to be yeah. quite long and quite you know quite repetitive as well. And uh, yeah, what what's that like for you then? You know, is that folk, folk are probably quite interested in? You know, the majority of our runners are probably a little bit more longer distance, but I think yeah. there's there's a lot to say that we should be doing a lot more drills and a lot more warming up and a yeah. lot more moving the body in in, in different planes and things like that so. yeah definitely I, I think like drills is one of the biggest things I've introduced over the last five years it's like more emphasis on that and I'd say I probably do not to the same like uh duration but I do the same drills almost like five times a week yeah um and like as as a result I've gotten good at doing those drills and I hope as a result my running form has got a lot better from it but yeah with regards to like sessions it's it's like a lot of the time especially in the winter when it's cold and grim and you just want to get the session done you neglect the warm-up um yeah. for the sake of just being able to start as soon as possible because the sooner you start the sooner you finish um but if you spend that time like an extra 10 minutes 15 minutes like just being a bit careful with like how you're warming up and making sure you're doing the right stuff that's specific for the session you're going to do you're going to feel so much better for doing it and that even goes to like in the in the summer for track sessions we do like primers um yeah. so i don't know if, if you've had much experience with that but a lot of guys that uh, I go away on camps with like British athletics, like most people be doing that where you do a 200 uh, at a pretty fast pace before you start the session. But yeah. that could be with like longer, longer sessions. You do like, I don't know, like a couple minutes of just like tempo, a little bit quicker pace just to get yourself warmed up. Um, and you don't have that like crappy leg feeling uh, yeah. and sort yeah. of like lethargicness that you would at the start of the session because you've got it out of your way 20 minutes before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's really interesting. It's um, you know, something I think we we should look into a bit. I think there's some real areas for a lot of people to improve on in, in that side of things um, as well. Because I think you know, for me anyway, I'm getting a little bit. You know, as I say, keep saying, uh, but I'm th I'm finding things are harder now. You know, just going out. Yeah, you take for granted, don't you? Though. What's it? Yes, <laughs> it's, it's like, like it's, even like going for a run though. It's like. I used to be able to literally step out the door, go, and I'd feel fine. Whereas yeah. now I've got to spend a little bit of time before just 
prepping my body ready to run. Yeah. It's like old age is get is sad, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. Let's let's fast forward. I mean, you know, the World Championships in like 2019 was was a good a decent year as well for you. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Talk, tell tell us a little bit about that before we you know we wind up to the to the peak uh, as, as 2020. <laughs> Yeah, the big one. Um, yeah, 2019 was uh, in some ways like the worst year I've had and a lot of ways at that point it was the best year I've had because yeah. I got my first big injury and it was actually uh, the very end of December. I got a stress fracture in my sacrum. So yeah. I spent the first three months of 2020 cross-training, um, which like for me, that was that was something that I, I never really experienced much. Like, I've always cross-trained as a supplement to my training, uh, yeah. to my running. Yeah. But to have to cross train uh, instead of my running was different. So I learned a lot of discipline from that about like you got to, when you're injured, you've got to train harder than you are when you're fit and healthy because there's so much more you need to do. You've got to get your body ready to run again. You've got to like keep your fitness level high. Um, yeah. And without running, that just takes a little bit more effort. So it definitely helped. And I came back from that injury probably in a better place, both mentally and physically than I would have been if I'd have been running those three months. Um, so to then go to Doha uh, and have the summer I had uh, yeah. was something that I never would have expected when I was rehabbing in January, February time. Yeah, right. I'd say so. You were, you know, you were off for what a few months then. You, from... Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think I had eleven weeks in total of no running at all, and then it would have been about three weeks of like, or four weeks even of just very like gradual build up um, and alter G stuff to take the weight load off it. So yeah. I was lucky that. Yeah. The injury was so straightforward and I had a lot of people that I can thank for that who helped me get my rehab sorted and put me back in one place. So I was pretty fortunate in those those uh, regards. OG treadmills, really? Jeez, that would it. I wish I had that for the world record attempt. <laughs> oh, yeah, I wish I wish it was uh, like accessible like all over the place, but it's so hard to get on. You, you felt unreal. You'd have oh, floated like, your way to it for that. <laughs> no, have you been on one ever before, no? No, I, yeah, I've, I've run them on the rear day. Yeah, they, it gives you a big old wedgie, doesn't it, oh, to yeah. like lift you up? <laughs> yeah. Not the most comfortable. I, know, I, I tried to, I was thinking of do, putting, a, you know, like uh, like a suspension on my, in my garage, you know, where the rafters are, but I thought, no, I better. Yeah, yeah. How did, how did you um, feel? Because like, the, the hardest bit about treadmill running and like, I did a fair bit of OTG stuff yeah. in the build-up is, I, I don't run a treadmill often and it's the, the clock watching is mind-numbing. So right, like when you were doing your twenty-four hour attempt, could you always see the duration you're on? Yeah, I I think that was maybe a, a design flaw for me because the, the the camera was pointing at the side of me and the clock was right next to me, so I can't. Yeah. No, not only could I see the, I don't know what was more mind-numbing, the, the clock or watching myself in the mirror for eighteen odd yeah. hours. You're probably you probably pick out every little flaw you can find in yourself by looking <laughs> yeah. at yourself that time. Your technique would be perfect by oh, the end. I know. Yeah, I know. That, I think maybe maybe I was like looking to the to the clock too much, and that's maybe why my hip hurt. I, I don't know, but if if somebody yeah. asked me how many grey hairs you got on the, the top of your head, I could count them all by the end. Of <laughs> Every single one. That's, yeah, that's the thing. I think you start going a bit mental after a while. Oh, you see a bit different, wouldn't you? Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but no, I mean, you know, it's it, it's a weird feeling running a treadmill, but you know, it's it, it's a. It, I think it makes you a stronger runner anyway. And for you sure. being injured, and you know running and or not running uh the way you want to you know that's it's a big you know that must have been a big learning curve for you and to get a fifth at the world champs is phenomenal in, in doha and then 
you know that that kind of rounded off your your season, I, I suppose. There yeah. and um, yeah. and and then one you know one thing in in, in domestically, um, you know, it's British the British chat the the British guys at the moment. I arguably I would say that you know the strongest discipline is middle distance running in yeah. terms of athletics. You know, I, I would I would I would say. We've got so many top guys like yourself, Chris O'Hare, Neil Gurley, Josh Kerr. It's just yeah, it's mad. phenomenal. Um, it, making the commies team is going to be tough for uh, us because it's like the depth of just Scotland alone is is mad for my event. Like that, having three of us in uh, Doha in the final, yeah. all Scots, was like pretty oh, incredible. So, yeah, yeah. It's, only, it's only a good thing though. Like having that depth in Great Britain to mean that you have to step up and be that much better to make just a team. Yeah, um, it's only going to bring you on when you have to come to these global champs and compete. Because if you're making a British team now, you're expected to make a, a final, and you're probably capable of doing that. So yeah. I hope that that will end up resulting in medals being brought back from British athletes over the next few years. Yeah, and and you know what, you've you've already stepped up this year. Uh, you know, and uh, this year for you, Jake's just been a pleasure to to, <laughs> to follow your progress. And oh, thanks. You know, uh, I, I mean, to run a 3.29.1500, I watched it and I was just in awe, you know, yeah. it was just amazing. And that, you know, like you've got so many folk, uh, you know, in, in, in the UK and Europe even, you know, just looking at what you did there was just phenomenal. Like, uh, so talk talk us through that, you know, that race, you know, the 3.29, yeah. talk us through that. Yeah, so like the whole 2020 season was meant to be focused around 800s because right. that's kind of what we saw the year as like, it was like a free ticket to, to kind of change the year and experiment and stuff a little bit. So my aim was always going to be to try and run as quick an 800 as possible. Yeah. And I was pretty set that my 331 from Doha wasn't going to be beat. Um, and Monaco was going to be my only 15. Um, so if I'd have got close to 331, I would have been pleased. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like you're going to Monaco and you're lucky to stand on the start line there because it's a hard meet to get in. And yeah. you know, if you're going to run something super quick, it's going to be there. So... I kind of went into that with the attitude of like, there's literally nothing to lose here. Um, so yeah. I'm going to commit to a fast time. And if I die, I die. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'd regret not going for it. So yeah. yeah, the way it kind of panned out was we knew that the Ingebrigtsons wanted to run 328. Okay. Um, I think that's what was like heard before. And we knew that Cherry was going to go on something mad. So I feel like 328 was a time that is quick, but, if I can try and set off at that pace, then it should get me through something something pretty quick. So I went with those guys and yeah. I felt pretty good the whole way. So yeah, fortunately for me, it was a pretty metronomic pacemaker job by Jakob Britson. And when you run, like everyone will probably feel this. It's the same even in, in like the longer stuff. Like when you run even splits, you feel so good even by the end. Um, yeah. Like it's just, it's just so much easier because you're just so efficient. And it was like that for me. So it was almost like the perfect storm where I was in pretty good shape and I had almost like the perfect race because I ran inside lane the whole way. I, I ran even splits the whole way. So yeah, I still wasn't expecting that to be the time that popped up. I think when it popped up as a 29, it doesn't look right. It looks looks like the yeah. clock's broken and there should be a three there. <laughs> two, but I was definitely very glad that that's what it showed. Ah, oh, I mean that, that that's absolutely phenomenal. And um, you know, that's that's the quickest. The second quickest um, 1,500 metre, isn't it, in, in the UK? Is that right? Yeah, I, I didn't realise that because I, I was so buzzing as soon as I finished to just go under 30 that it was only when I got around to interviews and they said, like, you've gone past, like, Co Kramovet that yeah. uh, 
um, I realised that it was actually as quick as that. So that, that's pretty special for me because even though I wasn't born when those guys were doing what they were doing, like I've grown up as like a student of them and like a big fan. So to be able to go past them is something for me that means a lot. And like, I hope that I can go on and try and replicate some of the sort of success they had at champs medal wise, um, because they've definitely got another league ahead of all of us uh, from that front. So that's the aim from here. Yeah, it's yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal, and you know, not only not only is that, I mean, you know, before uh, you know, you got the one, you've got the all time the, the British rec indoor one one thousand meter record too, yeah. uh, which is cool, two seventy. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. It's it's all the records I could get. Like, there's some pretty tough indoor ones there, so a yeah. K was like a realistic one to try. So, <laughs> yeah, so I got one. So, hey, you know what? It's, it's still a British record. It's still... That's, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. You need uh, to a world record though, mate. That's, that's a... That a trump mine for sure. Oh, I, I don't... Well, I don't know, like... It's, <laughs> I'm going to have to find... I don't, maybe there isn't a 1,000... You could get that one. You know, the... What's that, on the, on the treadmill? Aye, 1,000 metre world record. Treadmill. You get people that are like treadmill specialists who like can bound and let the, the belt run under. I don't know if my style compliments it or is <laughs> good, but I'd, I'd give it a go. Oh, you want well, something, don't you? You said, you know, it's an exclusive to TRS there, so I'm going to I'm gonna hold yeah. it to that and I'm going to investigate if there's uh, if it's been been made. Uh, we're just going to um, have to make sure that you're, uh, you know, there's a, a good run runoff in case something yeah, yeah. you're running at bloody hell that would be uh, oh yeah you want crash mats behind don't you it's scary <laughs> enough isn't it? there's this funny story actually where my dad um he wanted to get himself in a guinness book of records somewhere uh-huh. so like the record he found that he wanted to get himself in is for a mile around the track pushing an orange with his nose so <laughs> no and i was like i think it was uh before we moved up to scotland so i would have been at uh-huh. eight or nine when he attempted it and he um <laughs> He, he crocked himself on his hands and knees going around his tracks. He was pushing his orange <laughs> and keep going round. And it took him, I don't know how long it would have taken, but he, he, he got the record. And then while it was getting ratified, a guy in the States did it in like a, a shopping mall and huh? was pushing it and it was rolling for like meters and meters. Oh, and no. he was running after it. So he didn't get himself in there. So a white man needs to put himself in the world record book somewhere. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Now you definitely have to get, get on it. You know, uh, that one, so but yeah, the treadmill one was wonderful easy. records, eh? But you could do Yeah, yeah. There's mad ones. The way you're going, I mean, what, the fifth, what's the world record for fit? I know it's a big, it's 326, isn't it? So it's your man. Right, yeah, 326. That, that's the thing. It's like, like that's only it's not that. seconds. Yeah, yeah, but when you're getting down that end, those yeah. seconds... Are pretty yeah. tough to breach, but yeah. I hope I can keep getting quicker. So oh, yeah, like it's definitely right. like an aim to try and get as close to those sort of times as possible. Yeah. So what's the rationale behind um you know doing doing some of the eight hundreds? Is is that just to get your speed up, or is it just as you say, just to it's a, a kind of free ticket for this year, just to try different yeah. things? What's it? Uh, like a few things with it. Like I hope that being a better energy meter runner is going to help my championship fifteen hundred meter racing. Yeah. Um, just when it is a bit slow and you need that. That speed. Um, other other things are like I, I want to be a middle distance athlete that can double, like if the option's yeah. there. So yeah. I want to be considered as as good an intermediate runner as fifteen, which yeah. isn't the case yeah. at the moment. But I hope I made a little bit closer progress to that this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, one forty four point one eight is your PB now, eh? So that's yeah. So it's still like we've got a well 
Well, I'd say we're pretty fortunate that the Scottish record is so tough because it's a proper good uh, aim to have because like, if you're aiming for McKean's 43.88 and you can get close, then yeah. you're running some pretty good times over eight. So that's definitely the benchmark that I kind of set myself against. And I hope at some right. point myself and maybe there's others like Guy uh, can yeah. be challenging that and maybe going under it. So that's a good aim to have. Yeah, yeah, okay. And, and is that like, you know, the potentially the plan for next year is to, you know, consider options for the, you know, maybe doing an eight and 15, um, you know, would that, would that be something that you're looking to do for the Olympics maybe? Uh, or, no, like, I think Tokyo doesn't really work, I think, because uh, I don't know if the timetable doesn't work, but my dad's under the belief where before you can look at doing both, you need to kind of prove yourself over one. Yeah, okay. so he's kind of set my sights for next year on the 15th. So if I could end up next year or in a few years' time, end up coming back with a medal at Global Champs over 15, and I feel like I've almost given myself the right to then go and tackle the eight. Um, yeah. I kind of see it differently. Like I feel like if you're doubling and you have the chance to do that, then you're giving yourself double the opportunity to get a medal. But yeah. the way the 800 is going in Britain at the moment, like nice. crisis, it's hard sure. enough to make that team. Yeah, uh, like it's almost as hard as the fifteen, if not like yeah, yeah, harder to make the eight team. So I can't, I can't be greedy. I have to make sure I can get on the team for just one at the moment. <laughs> so what is the, you know, like what is? I mean, we're, we're we're talking about, you know, we're quite well versed in marathon qualification and things for the, you know, Olympics. Um, but what about for for yourself? You know, like what what is the current uh, selection criteria for the fifteen? Yeah, so you need to run, the standard is 3.35 flat, you need to run under that, and the window shut for 2020, but it was open 2019, so I have that, and then it will reopen again um, in the new year, so you have to have that time, and then be top two at the trials for automatic, and then one discretionary spot, um, but the way it seems to go is, it's generally top three at the trials, if everyone's got a standard, um, so at the moment there's three people in uh, the UK with 1,500 times from that window. So it's me, Josh, and uh, Charlie Grice. Um, yeah. I'm sure it'll be like almost six or seven, maybe even more by the time it comes around in my events. So it's definitely going to be a, a pretty like high-pressure day, those oh, trials. Yeah. And yeah, that will definitely decide who goes. It must be really hard, you know, when you've run a 329, you know, the second quickest. Well, what's Mo's time? Is it Mo's time three? What did he run? A three twenty-eight. Yeah, he's twenty-eight. That, that's mad. Like, it shows yeah. how good an athlete Mo was to be able to be a five k, ten k guy and still drop a three twenty-eight, fifteen. It's he, like ridiculous. Uh, but he, he had that. He all, you know, he had a really good day. That you know, a good a good field as well. That you know, he yeah. he was pulled along. Um, Marco magic. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, it was magic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, like you know what. That it must be a little bit like um oh, three twenty nine. Yeah, the qualifications three thirty five. You six seconds. Yeah. That you know over yeah. just over five seconds uh, in in the yeah. time. That's a big, that's a big gap. But you know, agonizingly, you still have to go through the motions and you know. And, yeah, I think it's it's like it's only fair though, isn't it? It's yeah. the same with uh, like last year. So uh, Charlie had run three thirty going into trials and. I was saying in the build-up to it, like, like Gricey's run 3.30, like, you're going to, if Gricey doesn't get uh, top two, you're going to have to, you, you're probably not going to go because they're going to pick him. Yeah. And the way it went was that like, I was fortunate enough to get the nod for that. And, yeah. like, they left a 3.30 guy. 
at home. So like, it doesn't matter what you've run. Yeah, like, I remember that. The, literally, the trials is what's going to decide it. Um, so I'm fully aware of that. So it's just being as good for that day as, as I possibly can, um, which hopefully the 800s will help. And yeah, just not making any mistakes when it comes yeah. around to it. Thank you so much for coming on, Jake. That's absolutely brilliant. We uh, we'd like you've been on the list for a long time, and now we next up, we just need to get your mum and your dad on. That's the, ah. the follow up, <laughs> Jeff and Susan. Susan, who featured during Retro Race Results, so let's not forget she was a she oh, ran she London one year. Yeah, of course. So that's cool. No, but anyway, Jake feels like another jewel, sort of one of the Scottish Athletics crown jewels for us to get on, which is great. Oh, it is. It's, it's uh, it was brilliant speaking to him. What a good, what a great guy, and. Uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough, and that's you know one of the reasons I do TRS is to speak to these amazing athletes, and you know, you suck some wisdom out out of them, and uh, you know, hopefully it'll make me a better runner and person as well. And uh, and Angela Mudge, you know, getting to chat to him, obviously know her, but getting to chat to her about running was was fantastic too. So I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm thoroughly excited to continue chatting to some of these amazing guests, and uh, you know what all different backgrounds and uh yeah we've got some stellar uh a few stellar lineups continuing as well in the next few weeks that we'll we'll be sure to be um revealing soon too indeed but while one thing we do need to push the listeners is tartan running shorts so last week we said we had about 15 it was actually 19 pairs we had left there are five pairs of trs tartan running shorts left to go that order is going to be triggered this week because if it, if it comes to it, I'm just going to buy five pairs from my mates who don't <laughs> listen to the show. Oh, so get your orders in. This is this time next week. There will they will be done. It'll be shut up shop. So unless there's like an overwhelming demand after that for Christmas, that may well be it. So make sure you get your orders in. To those of you who've already ordered, fantastic. Thank you very much. You will receive an email in the next week or two with a confirmation that your order is the order has been placed and a request for your address, which that's a cock up on my part. We should have put it on the Google form. A request for your address, and that's about it. Um, so yeah, stay tuned. We hopefully will have them with you before too long. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. If uh, you know, Spaceside Way was uh, in January, or well, hopefully you'll get them before then. Um, uh, you know, there would have been prizes, tartan runner short prizes. <laughs> that could be the next thing, eh? <laughs> At a TRS, we need to have a TRS event for that. This TRS oh, backyard ultra next year. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, that that's uh, still in the the pipeline. Eh? Exactly. Yeah. There's. That's I mean, and also the TRS. If a, you say well, that's a week off work. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, if you, or if or anyone who wants to travel out to the TRS uh, camp in uh, um, I don't know Samaritz or uh, or wherever we do it next year, that's uh, you know that'll be cool. It might just be yeah, in our back here. It might, it might well be, yeah. <laughs> right, so moving on to news. I've got, there's only one real bit of news I wanted to raise. I've actually got some notes on it because I was in the kitchen on Friday night cooking and Five Live was on. So I was listening to, they had a really good um, discussion about the drug testing in the last, uh, during lockdown. And they had, so Jess Judd was on, who actually spoke very well. And they also, um, they, as always, they've got... Um, Dan Campbell, who's on there, and Victoria Derbyshire and whatnot. Anyway, this I want to run some things by that I took note of, which I thought were really interesting. I want to get your reaction on this, and we can have a bit of discussion on it. So, 
UK athletics, uh, or so UK anti-doping in. Uh, let me make sure I've got my right note about. Yes, UK anti-doping between April and June this year performed 126 anti-doping tests. Between July and the end of the year, they performed 1,406, which means in 2020 they performed 1,532 tests. In the same period in 2019, they performed 5,155. So the number of tests performed by UK anti-doping alone is down by, what, 3,500, which is I find quite staggering, to be honest. Uh, secondly... 3,500 this year? This year, just, in this, just up until the end of September. Secondly, uh, I didn't realise this, but at the time, they at the time of lockdown, UK anti-doping announced a reduction. They were going to reduce the number of tests due to COVID, which feels a little bit like a shop saying, uh, "By the way, everyone, just to let you know, our security cameras are going to be off over the weekend." <laughs> you know, as uh, I'm still in Jess Judge line there. Um, yeah. And finally, since March, there have been no blood tests, only urine. Now okay. I. So and actually, so just to wrap this up, so you are more you you'll get more from a blood test than you will a urine test. And so, and for you know, blood passports and all that, you know, there's whispers, there's world records being dropped this year. So that's so quite interesting. Anyway, and then last thing I'm going to leave you with: so UK Athletics, on behalf of UK Athletics, there have been 103 total tests, of which 23 were in competition, 80 were out of competition. World Athletics, they've done UK anti-doping, have done four UK Athletics. 26 tests versus um, 134 that he'd done in 2019. So, yeah, what do you make? What do you make of that then? I mean, I get that. I don't know why they publicly announced that they're going to be, you know, doing less tests. That's a bit daft, isn't it? Like, hi, yeah. I mean, great. What what Jess Judd said is bang on. Like, yeah, let's just open up shop, eh? Uh, crack on, really? just you know, do what you need to do. I mean, that's not and. I mean, that's, is that just, so this is, um, this is just the UK then, is it? That's just, those numbers are just UK. Um, 1,532 tests in 2020 versus 5,155 during the same period in 2020. And that's UK anti-doping. And that's over, that's over that's just a six month period. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what, what I it was interesting because they had Ross Tucker on as well. You know, Ross Tucker obviously does the, uh, science and sport podcast um, yeah. usually very well spoken on shoes but also generally on other things um, and he made a fair point you know that in terms of if you, an athlete is doping this year yeah there's no major championships the Olympics is next year but the training boost that you can get and the ability to train and go to another level because you're recovering better and you can push yourself harder because of doping this year you may yeah. not test when you're going to 2020 but there's a real danger in the sport right now that this is that there's these gaps are are not being plugged and i i do understand why covid is having that effect but i think it's quite i was quite impressed that five live did cover that because it's really um it's quite worrying and there's there have been competitions this year there's been there've been world championships not the world championships but with the world half champs there have been european records broken world there's records broken world records yeah yeah do you believe them world records I mean, Can we... I mean, this is just an example in the UK. I mean, all these other countries, I'm sure it would be interesting to know what their their stats are versus the year before and how how much, what, what impact or, or lack thereof uh, there's, there's been on, 
on catching some of these t- cheats. And there has been people caught this year, which is interesting. Yeah. It's interesting, you're right. That's less tests, no doubt, happening. And there's been still people getting caught. I wonder if people, the, the people who, I mean, again, it's speculation here, but whether people, those who've been caught, were they more, would they usually be, te- would they usually, and I don't know the, the when and how they were tested, but was this, a, were they chancing their arm thinking this year they can get away with it more? Yeah, maybe. You never know. And what was quite, what I found was quite interesting um, was, so the guy, Hamish Coffey, who is the UK anti-doping director of testing, he said, with regard to the fact that they released information that they were going to reduce testing in 2020, he said, um, we did it. We did publicly announce a reduction in our testing program and we felt it was right at the, at the time. We want to be as transparent as we can. I'd like to reassure athletes they should have confidence in the ongoing testing program. Yes, numbers are lower, but we've been conducting a huge amount of work throughout the pandemic. Arguably, we've been busier than usual. Our testing continues to be risk-based and intelligence-led. Every test we do, there is a huge amount of time and effort that goes into that to make sure that we are testing the right people at the right time for the right substances. There is no test that's purely random. There's always an element of it being targeted and that hasn't changed throughout the pandemic. Which is, uh, and I, I, I can't help but think that he's saying what he wants people to hear. And, and yeah. as I say, I have no doubt it must be super difficult to in this environment to do it. But, and, and you've, you've I don't, but then, still, so you, they shouldn't have announced it though. Yeah, I don't understand to. why you would announce that. I really, I, that I think right. that this, to be transparent is, you could, I don't know. But what's interesting, talk about targeted testing. So, you know, Jess Judd, by her own admission, she broke, she was the um, British 5K champion this year, yeah. uh, British 5,000 meter champion. And she said she's not at a test all year. And now, and she's, and whether she's not being targeted because there's a trust in her or she hasn't got any, she's no priors, whatever. But again, it, you would, I would like to think that those who are breaking world records are being tested. I think every everyone who breaks a record or becomes a champion should be not you know automatically tested. It should be money pumped yeah. into the the performers. Like, I, I mean, I'm not an expert. I, I I don't know enough about it. So you know, that's just a observation. Like, you, surely you would your record holders should all be tested. Your champions, your British champions, your Scottish champions, even your district champions. You know, like how many folk who are you know, at our level, are cheating. No one will know. No one ever knows. Yeah. No one gets tested. Like you could, you know, hopefully, no. None of the TRS listeners are are cheats. Like, but what's the what's the testing? What? Uh, what's the testing policy? It's Speyside Ultra. There you go. Like you know, <laughs> the winner of the Speyside Ultra, they get tested. No, they won't. They get could go to <laughs> someone will be missing out it's, on it's, ten pound number vouchers. This is this is a disgrace. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have you know it's uh, it's more than ten pounds. There's <laughs> <laughs> um, Achilles heel. Ooh, and, 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 his whiskey, and his uh, and his whiskey prizes too. Oh, outrageous! See, this is it. This, the 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 prize is just stacking up here, and then there's oh, no yeah. there's no way for someone not to cheat. And, you know, I don't want to let the tier three runners. Uh, I don't want to rub it in. So <laughs> yeah, oh, fair so enough. I'm about it. <laughs> anyway, I, I mean, I guess to be fair, there's I I mean. It's a very difficult subject, but I just thought it'd be really interesting to share that on the podcast. That because I thought, hey, it was good to hear that that's being openly discussed on on national, you know, sports media, and and it's particularly as we go into a Olympic year. But it's really, I thought that was fascinating that how big a drop it's been, you know. And I, I suspected there would be a drop, but that's a massive reduction, and that's just UK. I mean, I would not be surprised. 
I'm speculating here, but I would not be surprised if, if some places like let's be let's cut to the chase. Elephant in the room is Kenya. I'd be surprised if yeah. Kenya has got any tests going on at the moment based on what we've seen. Well, no, they must do because some of them are getting tested positive. But the yeah, I mean, you know, there's a real problem there. There's problems. Not I don't want to just beat Kenya. There's other nations with problems, and it's next year will be fascinating to see some of the performances that come out and. <laughs> blood pa- well, blood pa- be jacked be- like yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah <laughs> you know like sub 12 minutes for the 5k boom not not just a normal day in the life of you know <laughs> yeah it's, absolutely it, do, so, but um, it, do you know what though like do you not think it's just i mean it's a lot of world records this year compared to previous years there's a lot of world records yeah, I mean the 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 world record at the world half champs, right? Um, what was the? I'm just I'm in real time. I'm just doing a bit of this is real time research. I'm just going to take this as an example. So the woman who set the world record uh, for the half was um, this is terrible. I beg your pardon. Where was it? It Was in Poland, wasn't it? And just what I'm just what I'm willing to do is understand what her. Uh, here we go. Perez Chepchi here. I want to understand what her background is, you know, where she come from, as a, just as an example. And, and I'm sure I'm, I'm, I've got no evidence to suggest that she's ending but clean. But um, here we go, progression. So half marathon, here we go. So she ran 106.54 in Portugal in two, October 2019. And a year later, took oof, a year later was she went from 106.54. Mind you, she'd run 10. Oh, that's interesting. She's got 105.16 as her what they're claiming is a world record, but she's run 105.06 prior to that in uh, the UAE. That's strange. It must be a short not, course. Yeah, shorter. Just not, not legit. legit course, yeah. Okay, so she's actually got. To be fair, she's got. She has a bit of a. She has a bit of. You would argue she's got a bit of class there. Um, but still, you know, it's it's. Uh, there must be some athletes who are coming out of out of nowhere with times. You don't want to. I mean, you don't want to point fingers either. You know, it's it's yeah. just until um, uh, was it innocent until proven guilty? Yeah, and I should add that you know, okay, I, I say I was just pulling the the first world record that came to mind. I mean, Paris Chepchichir. She she she's previously been a world half marathon champion. She's a class act. I'm not I'm not for a minute suggesting that she's no 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 at all. She's doping, but I mean, I'm just yeah. You know you know what I'm getting to. Um, yeah. It will be very interesting next year. And this is where again you want to see transparency. I want to see a list of who's been tested. I want yeah. to see a list of who's been tested when they were tested, and uh, you know. Then that's uh, I think that's the sort of transparency that we're after. We're not after transparency of them saying, by the way, everyone, we're not going to test much for the next six months. That's the wrong type of transparency. <laughs> Jesus, eh? yeah. Well, well, let's see what happens then. But if anyone does have any shed any light in terms of where you can view testing, and, and maybe it's too much. It's data protection is a, a big thing these days, so maybe you can't see that information, but. It would be good to see a bit more transparency, yeah. not just um, you know, with just with, with you know with with onlookers too, as well as athletes as well, because some athletes must be wondering, is this be this guy or girl being tested? You know, they, yeah. they, they must be getting frustrated too, and and they, they probably know more than we know too, you know. So it's um, yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, it's an interesting debate, and it's so that's a guy we want, we would love to get on is Ross Tucker, eh? Oof, yeah, Ross Tucker, that's uh, that would be a great interview, eh? Just chatting be, yeah. all things running, you know. 
Tell them how much we love the vapor flies. I'm like Ross. I'm just such a big fan of, the, of carbon plated shoes. <laughs> he's, I mean, like uh, David, he's like the David Attenborough. Yeah, the David Attenborough of running science. But science. Yeah, but I, yeah, he is. He's incredibly well qualified. I, I think sometimes he's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think he's very good. He'd be great to get on the show. Um, I think. Yeah, he would be. Yeah. Anyway, well, results. Have we got any results? I looked and I couldn't see any results from uh, the weekend. I've got to say, Tom, nah, I, d- I don't know anything that happened this weekend. So I'm going to say no. But if anyone <laughs> knows anything, obviously you know you know where, where we are. Uh, TRS run of the week. Do we have a TRS run of the week, Tom? Uh, let me think about this. TRS run of the week. Actually, I've got a TRS oh, run of the week. Um, here we go. Let me see. I just want to get the, the, the TRS run of the week. And this is... This is technically not a runner. It's technically well, it is a runner because he's run, but it's, he's done more than just run. He's actually swam, biked, and run. Serious run of the week is a guy called called Chris Nickich, who became the first person with Down syndrome to finish an Ironman triathlon, which is, I mean, fan, absolutely inspiring. You know, amazing. You know, twenty-one year old from Florida, and um, yeah, finished in sixteen hours, forty-six minutes, and nine seconds. And to be honest, I'm not. It's the I'm just so I'm amazed. It's it really just shows that the you know, Ironman is like, in terms of endurance, is like is really the top end of of sporting achievements in terms of you know what you know the record you can eventually to compete and you know to complete with Down syndrome, which you know it's yeah. it can cause various degrees of learning difficulty, disability, slower physical development. Um, nobody's ever done that before, and I think I love that. I just love that piece of of him, you know. That doesn't matter to him. He can do yeah. it. He can complete. Just absolutely amazing. Yeah. And some great pictures of him at the end as well. You know, what a, what a feeling you must have to do something oh. like that. You know, it's, it's brilliant. You know, and it, it, it's a great story and it's, it gives a lot of people some hope too. You know, like you can do you can do these sort of things. Not everyone can, but, you know, when you, he, he must have such a, a an overwhelming sense of accomplishment, which I think we, you know, I, I certainly strive for in, in my running and, we and, and Tom, you do too. We all do, I'm sure, listening to, to TRS in some shape or form. Uh, and there's various degrees of that. So, um, yeah, it's a great, great story. And hopefully we see more of these stories in the, the near future, eh? when races start happening more often, goals start getting smashed. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing that, folks. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. I, I just think it's like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because it's, and again, to anyone who thinks it's like, that's just, finish lines not finish times that's not at all that's i think that's genuinely inspiring um yeah. one thing on a slightly different note that made me laugh and i think the he's that is a that's a brilliant um tears around the week but i just noticed as i was reading the article i wanted to speak about popped up my news feed next to it is a uh, british athletics mo Farah and holly arnold trusted to make the right decisions as they start i'm a celebrity get me out of here <laughs> 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 is it not it's not getting filmed in there it's it's is it not in conway or something in wales conway uh, it's in not it's in yeah north wales gurch <laughs> gurch yeah. castle or something oh uh yeah <laughs> just amazing <laughs> i mean i i mean this is like mo is just such a like a, he's such a what's the word i'm looking for you know a maverick you know he's just like he, just a, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's an olympic year next year What's he thinking? <laughs> Sorry, guys, I'm just going for a run. Like, what, like. Uh, I mean, is he, is how he, long is? I don't watch it. How long is I'm a celebrity? I don't know. It's not like two, three weeks. 
how's he going to train in that? Like, is is it not pretty hilly in Wales? Like, there won't be many. Like, not all of them. Some it's <laughs> pretty flat. Better Gary House is going to from run strong to kick off in a minute. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you mean I just hope that. I just hope that instead of like the jungle trials that they do, it's like he's got to go out and do like a you know an eight k tempo or something. <laughs> you know, that's it. he's like eight k tempo whilst munching down on some like bugs and grubs instead of gel. Oh well, well that's uh, that's interesting. Well, like you say, you know he's your he's your pal, so uh, you know you we, we want an interview with Big Mo yeah. in, in uh, the near future. Eh? Yeah, he's apparently he's, he's he's they're suspending his athlete personal award funding for the duration. <laughs> quite right, quite right. To be fair, he probably doesn't get that much anyway, right? I'm, from, I, I, honestly, I'm sure it's like deck chairs off the Titanic film. Uh, compared to what he probably gets for all the other appearance fees and winning, you know, winning some of these races, eh? So exactly. I, well, it's been. I think other than that, I, you know, I think we're, we're we've run dry on on what to chat about for this week. Um, but you know, it's been a fairly um, jam packed uh, episode. We, you know, Jake Whiteman, great to have him on the show. Lots of information. You know, lots of things to take from that interview. No doubt that I'm sure you'll you, you know you'll you'll you'll, you'll glean from. Uh, and yeah, I mean, other than that, Tommy, uh, you know, you can. Get in contact with us if you want to hear from us. Uh, have a, a, a chin wag, um, you know, give us some information uh, about any anything happening in the running world and any suggestions that you might have in terms of interview guests and things. We would be, we would love to hear from yourself. So to get in contact, just email us at tartanrunningshorts at gmail.com. Uh, you can get us on Facebook at Tartan Running Shorts, Instagram at Tartan Running Shorts, and We've also got a Twitter handle at Tartan Shorts. And last but not least, make sure that you get your Tartan running shorts in for your order. And uh, there's only a few left. So we want to get them snapped up before the end of the week. And then we're going to click send on the, you know, we're going to click send on the, the post and, and, and that'll be them. It'll be, it'll be ready to go for hopefully in the next few weeks, you'll, you'll receive all your Tartan running shorts and uh, just in time for the new year, eh? Absolutely, yeah. I'm looking forward to parading around Paris in mine. <laughs> They're pretty short shorts, are they? They are, yeah. I might have to, I might have to hold it, hold on, hold it to a race. But I'm, as I said, there'll be plenty of opportunity for oh, them. Exactly. So yeah, other than that, folks, great to hear from you, and uh, we'll hopefully catch up with you next week. Bye.
Shorts. And that's a wrap. <laughs>